Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two-second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my great-great-grandfather. Great. There's another great-grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say, since the moment pitches could move, we had skin in the game. It's a bad miracle. They got a word for that. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. Hello, and welcome back to the Cinemania World Podcast. As you heard, we are going to be talking about Nope. But before we get into that, hi, I'm taking over today. I am not Dwayne. I am Josie Melendez from the Film Posers Podcast and also a member of the Cinemania World team. And I'm joined by Larry. Say hello. Hey, we're back, back, back again. (laughs) Yes, and today it's gonna be you and i i feel like whenever i'm on josie's on so you know we we come as like a little package deal these days yeah it's it's the best dynamic because we go back and forth sometimes we agree sometimes we don't but i think we agree most of the time at least i'm, I'm glad we i think we agree on this one <laughs> <laughs> i think we mostly agree at least at least mostly yeah. i didn't i didn't hate it or dislike it i liked it so we're good did you see it yesterday? Yes, I saw it yesterday. So for those listening, when this comes up, we're talking about yesterday, which is the 19th. So a lot of people saw it yesterday. And yeah, yeah well, um, before we get into actually talking about the film, curious to hear your thoughts, because a lot of so reactions went up on the 18th, if I'm not mistaken. And a lot of them are kind of polarized. I saw a lot of negative ones. What was, how did, like, did that affect you going into the film? Or, like, what was your reception to that? So I do my best, my very best, <laughs> to dip and dodge reactions at all yeah. costs. <laughs> uh, and I saw a couple. And actually, the few I saw were actually quite, they were positive for me that I, mm-hmm. I experienced. They were on the lines of, well, it might be Peel's weaker work, but 
I still mm-hmm. think it was solid. That that was kind of the reception I was getting heading into my screening. So no, it didn't really affect me because to be honest, even with the trailer, I was like, okay, that's that's kind of the vibes I was getting. Like, okay, I'm excited. It's yeah. Jordan Peele. Uh, we'll see where this angle takes me because I have less mm-hmm. of a direction even than us, which, you know, was kind of confusing heading in. But I think this one, I had less of a direction than either of his past two films. So I was like, well, you know what? Let's see. Let's see what, what it gives. Yeah, I think I I fell down the rabbit hole and I read a couple of reactions from people that I trust. And I was a little disappointed because they were like, it's not as fast. Like it does try to do like the Spielberg thing, which I didn't see it. But now I'm seeing a little bit more with the Jaws comparison. But I was a little upset. But then I came out of it and I liked it. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I liked the film. So I'm very curious. As to, it's definitely going to be divisive. Now, did you like Us? I did. That's the thing. I, I've liked all his films. Okay, me too. We're, see, this is why we're on the same wavelength. I know a lot of people, do they, don't, ooh, they don't love <laughs> Us. Um, sorry about that. Um, but I know a lot of people don't love Us. Uh, and there was a, a lot of people turned on it, I feel like. I feel like everybody mostly liked it when it came out then maybe some people mm-hmm. were a little disappointed but as like a month went on it definitely got that treatment of people be like wow actually it's not that good and, which mm. Mm, my thing that i've noticed especially with this one right now is that when i see the criticism i'm usually one to like understand both sides but with this one i can't really see it i'm like maybe i'm looking to, maybe i'm too close <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'm looking too closely i need to s- take a step back to see like the bigger picture but right now the reviews i've read that have an opposing thought to mine i'm like i still don't get it maybe i'll get it eventually but i wanted to ask you because i was having this thought watching the film do you think the trailer sells you what, like the film we got or a different film um i think uh it it's hard with this because even when you're reviewing mm-hmm. it without going into spoilers, it's really hard to show the film. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. really hard to represent this film, especially yeah, this one <laughs> without spoilers. So mm-hmm. I think they did what they could without mm-hmm. just completely giving away what's going on here. So I don't know. Yeah. I think maybe tonally it's a little, um, it's a little A24 trailer-esque where they, yeah. they give away a different tone than the <laughs> film is at large. Yeah, because it definitely felt more like adventure kind of Goonies, uh, kind of like Super 8. And we do get those kinds of vibes, but it also takes a very different direction. Like people are comparing it to like John Carpenter and... I don't know. I like the. See, here's the thing. That's the thing. Okay, first, I like the film that we got. I really liked it more than what the what I thought I was getting from the trailer. That being said, okay, again, going back to the reactions, a lot of people were like, "It's not scary. Like this isn't Jordan Peele's veering off away from horror." Listen, I had to check my pulse twice watching this film. (laughs) I was, I was shooketh. I was shaken and stirred. (laughs) It's not a scary film by any means. I'm not gonna tell you like it's scary. In the sense that they're like jump scares that to get you it's not like the f- kind of horror films that we used to like nightmare on Elm street the remake that came out like in 2008 around those times it's not that well, so God. don't go expecting that kind of horror but i mean there is tensions there is suspense jordan peele is such a master of suspense with this film especially with the sound design 
I was in IMAX. My soul left my body at least five times. <laughs> I think people, ugh, this is my problem. And I think it's definitely come up with the era of quote unquote elevated horror. Elevated horror. Is yes. <laughs> the, the definition of horror is so limited so often. And it's like, look, mm-hmm. this isn't a gore fest. And this doesn't have mm-hmm. a lot of scares. It does have some jump scares That's in it. That's X. That's X. Uh, but if you want gore, just watch X. <laughs> yeah, there's also some gore in here too. I mean, it's not void oh, yeah. of these things. But he does such a good job, particularly through the first two acts of the film, of just building yeah. an atmosphere and building attention. I feel like everybody in my theater, you were like on the edge of your seat. Pretty much mm-hmm. those first two acts. And I think that's a good and that's a good thriller horror to me. And it's he does a thriller it so well. suspense film. Yes. And the stuff with the chimpanzee is like straight up horror. Like that no, was that, terrifying. That me out. I think the best because it's also I think it's the problem with critics right now, and I'm include myself. Like I'm very I'm being very careful of how to describe this film. Yesterday it took me I just kept tweeting like, oh my gosh, or <laughs> oh my gosh. I tweeted oh my gosh twice because I was just trying to collect myself because I think the way we word our reviews and the like the word choice we use for this film has to be very specific because you can quickly sell something that's not it. Cause at least for this one, the best word I could come up with yesterday talking with a friend was unsettling. I was so unsettled with those sitcom scenes. And when we on- were only hearing the audio, ooh, ooh. Now it's like I something have to say, bad's oh happening. My gosh. So the last time we see the chimpanzee moment in the film, oh my uh, God. The, the last moment we go back to that. Somebody laughed, like multiple people laughed in my theater. And I was. Yeah, people were laughing. Like, in my I my wanted theater. to straight turn and look at them straight in their eye. Like, I needed these people to know I was judging them because that is not a laughing moment. And I was shook that people started laughing. No, people. Honestly, you bring that up. And I'm like, people were laughing at very random points of the film that had me so confused. I'm like, I can see why you're laughing. I can find the humor, but also it's not an appropriate moment to laugh. There was a there several was this, to me too. Yeah. I, oh, oh God, this thing, this movie's about to cause a weird discourse. Like the way people were laughing. I don't know. I was shook just by that. Really. I'm, oh. I will say there was this one moment where like without detail, like, there's a scene where lights are going on and off and then he turns around. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. <laughs> this this person in the back of the theater just goes, oh. <laughs> we all started laughing because it came out of nowhere. You could tell like it was like you could tell that was a man and it was just shaken oh my God. to his core. But listen, just this moved. is a funny film, though. There's plenty to, like, actually laugh at, and it's appropriate to laugh at. And it also goes into the performances. Like, um, I think we can go one by one, because we're yeah. we're only nine minutes in. We can take our sweet little time. What did you think of Daniel Kaluuya? Oh, I thought he was great. This is such a... Mm-hmm. It's kind of going back to, I think, what he gets out of the performances with Jordan Peele is mm-hmm. a more kind of subtle depth to his yeah. acting and compared to obviously he's great in something like Judas and the Black Messiah which he won mm-hmm. his Oscar for but it's so cool to see him go from that and get to see him be this big persona even Widows like this big mm-hmm. intimidating force 
And then to see this really kind of more subdued depth in something yeah. like Nope, I thought he was really good here. Because his character is very, like, his performance is very introspective. Yes. We're talking about a, I'm going to say a young man who's dealing with loss and grief of some sort. And he doesn't really know how to express it. So he just tries to do what he knows how to do to, like, have a purpose and move on. And then he's trying to, like, lean on his sister, which is played by Kiki Palmer, Emerald, who, like, great. Knocked that out of the park as soon as she walked in. <sighs> so good. She was great. She walked in and you immediately know, like, she opened her mouth, gave her monologue, and you knew what kind of character she was. <laughs> and I'm going to be petty for a second. I think the biggest complaint I've been seeing is that the characters weren't developed very well and people wanted more death out of them. And I'm like, you know what these people, or you know the kind of people these are. As soon as they walk in, you know that OJ is super introverted and he just like, he just does what he has to do and that's it. And like, he misses someone and he wants to be able to lean on his sister. And then like, Emerald is like trying to do her thing. She goes to therapy. She hits on women at the discount Best Buy. <laughs> the fries. <laughs> you the fries. <laughs> I think... And I think that's where we we seem to be on the same wavelength a lot because obviously mm -hmm. we're both Eternals defenders for life. Um, Amen. <laughs> and uh, people throw that same kind of criticism. And something I think in general is interesting is people confuse not a lot of, I don't know, exposition, not a lot of front-heavy work mm -hmm. on characters with not character work. And I don't think you need mm -hmm. to see them from when they're kids up through adulthood. We don't need to see all of this stuff to understand mm -hmm. a character. Sometimes in a good script and with good acting and direction, you can get it quick and you don't need to spend all of this extra time on the forefront trying to quote unquote develop them. Mm -hmm. We develop them very quickly in that first act. And I agree. I think it's done actually quite effectively. Yeah. They show like Jordan Peele shows it was not tell so effortlessly in this film. I don't know. I was watching it and I was so enamored by the script. And then I saw commentaries of the script being weak. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's one of those moments where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to understand. But then yeah. I was talking about this with someone today and love to hear your thoughts on it. The, for example, John Carpenter, um, not, um, wait. Who was it? No, not Carpenter. <laughs> Dwayne, edit this out. Cronenberg. Cronenberg <laughs> released this film um, recently, Crimes of the Future. And it was kind of like dull for some fans of like diehard fans of his, but people still defending it. So I'm very surprised that, you know, Jordan Peele is not getting like the same forgiveness. It's especially interesting because uh, I just, I, I don't know. It has everything you want from a good Jordan Peele movie I think and mm -hmm. he, he has that tone he's ex like really perfected over three films of balancing the thriller the tension mm -hmm. the more horror aspects with the comedy and being able to really have those go hand in hand without making it really a horror comedy a la Sam Raimi or something mm -hmm. um, and he brings that here the visuals are stunning 
the directing mm-hmm. work itself is stunning. As you said, the sound design. Listen, mm-hmm. if this doesn't get nominated for <laughs> anything else, if it is yeah. not in the sound design category, that is a shit. And honestly, right now, I would say screen, uh, uh, original um, score as well, because yeah. that score is amazing. But yeah. Not only is it a great mix and a great balance, they have to invent so many sounds for this film as sound designers. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's fantastic work. So from all technical standpoints, it's a, a really well-made film. And then you get, and, and it's not tame. I don't understand that tame. I mean, honestly, it goes off. And that's part know. that's yeah, where yeah, my problem comes from is when it goes off, off. Yeah. It goes a little too off, but <laughs> for me, but yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, because it embraces the blockbuster narrative, which a lot of people are praising it for. But I like that it doesn't rely on gimmicks. Because I'm sorry, no shade. You mentioned Sam Raimi, and I was thinking of Multiverse of Madness. And a lot of the pitfalls in that film for me were relying on the gimmicks instead mm-hmm. of the substance. And at least here, I think we got substance over gimmicks. So I appreciated that. And there's a lot of a lot of thematic material here. So it's not yeah. just shallow either. Because I think people are also expecting, which might come back to the script, some people might go into this expecting social commentary because that is what people expect from Jordan Peele now. And if you're going into this film trying to get that, please know that there are some thematic elements. There is definitely something he's trying to say. I was telling a friend of mine yesterday, it felt like he was the little turtle in Finding Nemo saying like talking and then I was Marlon going he's trying to tell me something I know it <laughs> well I think instead of uh really honing in on something more specific it's really mm-hmm. I mean there are specifics like I think our interactions with nature is a big undertone of this entire yeah. film animal uh, versus animal, um, human yeah. nature and just our, and then uh, an overarching theme is our nature as people with our fascination in yeah. getting the spectacle, getting the bigger, getting the shot. Yeah, commercialism, the especially. Yeah, and that's, I think that's a, a heavy theme here, but it's not, I guess, I don't know, and that's a little bit frustrating to me is we have this black director who obviously made a name in horror by giving us a very strong social commentary that people have tried to replicate over and over and have failed at copycatting. (laughs) But now he's been somewhat pigeonholed and even us kind of moved away from that. Like it had those elements there, but it started to move away from just being only about that. And then now we have this film, which really doesn't touch on it much uh, in honesty. It's kind of just talking about humanity as a whole And I feel like, I don't know, I don't know why he should be expected to only make films about the same commentary. Uh, And that kind of feels like what is happening to him. And then people are docking his film for that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, honestly, I think that's a very narrow-minded way to, to view a filmmaker. Yeah. Now, jumping back before I forget about him, because I really want to talk about him, especialmente, because, you know, Latinos in the house. Um, I remember when the casting call came for this character, because it was like, Jordan Peele is looking for a Latino actor for his next film. I remember sending it to a friend of mine. (laughs) So I was like, 
when we finally got the cast for the film and everything, I was like, wait, is Brandon Perea Latino? And then like his whole journey and seeing him in the film, I liked that he had a bigger role. I didn't think he would have such a big role. I thought Barbie Ferreira was going to be in it more. And she basically had a cameo. So if you're going into this for Barbie, it's a cameo. <laughs> She was I'm guessing nothing. she was filming Euphoria. But Brandon Perea is Angel Torres. Let's talk about that, because I loved him. <laughs> I am in love with the character, with the actor, with all yes. of it after this movie. I fell in <laughs> love. So it was like Kiki Palmer's uh, Emerald character and Angel were like my faves. I loved them both mm-hmm. with my whole heart. <laughs> I was yeah. like, if listen that third act had me stressed because me i'm not too. gonna say anymore I wanted, but <laughs> like listen, I mean, of course no spoilers but i was the entire yeah. time i was like jordan don't hurt my baby jordan i have adopted them they're uh, mine <laughs> i'll be at your house i'll be at the restaurant you uh <laughs> we're frequent. gonna show up with some sharp scissors <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll be in the damn jumpsuit ready for you, Jordan, with them scissors. You hear me? But no, he, oh, he was so good. And I've never, ooh, okay, let me just go ahead and say both of these things. Because everybody been talking about Barbie. And I'm like, who the hell is a Barbie? And I was like, oh, Euphoria. That's why I don't know who she yeah. is. Okay. And I've she also. She was eating her Cheetos. I think there were Cheetos. Yes. There weren't Takis. So yeah, she was just eating Cheetos. And I was like, oh, man. Because she's also um, half Brazilian, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was like, okay, yeah. we have these two Latinos together. I thought We're she was gonna, gonna like come in later. <laughs> yeah, I thought she was gonna come in later. Like, hello, what are you doing? You haven't been to your shifts or like whatever. So, kind of disappointed with that because I feel like we could have gotten something with her. Yeah. Like instead of the freaking motorcyclist, we could have just gotten her. Okay, see, like but... I will say, so stuff like the motorcyclists <laughs> or even the even the chimpanzee stuff to a degree. Mm-hmm. There are aspects to this film that I feel could have been woven into the overall narrative better. Yeah. Like they have tangential relation. Like they're not completely mm-hmm. out of left field. They they do correlate with what's going on. I just think they could have been woven into the overall story. We were watching there a little bit more seamlessly. That was one of my things with the overall film. Yeah. Also the some problem. of the rules. They start establishing <laughs> rules and mm-hmm. some of these rules I was like, mm but are we following all these rules? I'm not sure. But, you know, that's that's just kind of nitpicky stuff <laughs> overall, I'd say. Yeah. Did you but have any Brandon. negatives, Josie? <laughs> oh, wait, let's finish about Brendan. Oh, oh she said, I, we got to go back to my boo. <laughs> yeah, no, I hope. I, I, I was seeing it and I was like, this is a breakthrough performance. I hope he gets a lot of love for this. Um, yeah. I liked him in that third act, too. I thought, I was like, look at him. Look at him figuring things out. Woohoo! I was like, boo, your girlfriend dumped you. Come on over. Like, well, we can work something out. I'm not sure, Brandon. No. <laughs> I know, because he's what? Uh, Stranger Things, right? See, I've never watched that either. Mm, I don't know. Like, no, he's not in Stranger Things. No, none of them? I thought I saw, like, on his look. Because I, I went and looked him up. I was like, who is this? 
Was um, he? Oh my god! If he has, I haven't seen it. I know he was on the OA. I think I saw that. Well, I saw that too. I saw another little thing he was on, but it's only for one scene specifically. <laughs> Oop! Uh, but we ain't gonna go into that. Uh, I was doing some uh, extraterrestrial research, <laughs> if you will, last well, night. You, um, <laughs> so yeah, he said negatives. Um, I can't think of any right now, but I do agree with you. Um, I think. Gordy was woven in as best as it could be. I thought it made a good commentary to add because it was it was a good reflection of what happened to him on set, like in the first act. These people train horses to be on films and something happens on the set. So it reflects what happens with Gordy. So that I can see it being woven a little bit better, but I see how it could have been like polished more. The motorcyclist, it was just there for her to have like something you know like a tool <laughs> it, it was, was there because we like, needed it yeah it was a plot point it was a necessary plot point i also think uh, i wish steven yen had a little bit more to do yes that was yes. my other thing was i was disappointed i was really because you know he's in the market he's like one of the three marquee characters he's i i saw the it. posters after the, i saw the film and i was like i feel deceived yes so that was my other negative was like i mm-hmm. i really wanted more steven <laughs> so he's, yeah. if you're coming for steven yun um he's not he, brendan perea's character is more mm-hmm. of a main character than steven yeah Yun's. i don't know i don't know why he's not there like put him there yeah. put a cute <laughs> face there i want to see him in every single nyc subway <laughs> <laughs> also avoid uh, avoid some of these later trailers if you can. So we were talking about that. Oh, yeah. Uh apparently they literally spoiler spoil like a character's death in mm-hmm. a trailer. And I was like, oh damn. I mean yeah. it happens pretty early on in the film, but it was just like, oh really? This is what we're doing? We're spoiling deaths even? Okay. Um Yeah, I saw a review that spoiled a character's death oh, that was kind God. of like impactful for me. And I was like it was in the very beginning because it's talking about the characters like background and all that and i'm like why i that that was shocking to me but i think the other negative which is me just being nitpicky and people are going to be like oh feminism whatever <laughs> but i wish um it wasn't just kiki i think that's why i wanted barbie in it more i want a little bit like more evenness in terms of gender on screen but that's just me <laughs> Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely can see that too. I know people will. They're going. I mean, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. Always. Yeah. Everything is all feminism. All that's that. But <laughs> <laughs> you know how it gets on the interwebs. Mm-hmm. But I would have liked to have seen more of that balance because you do have, like, I think it focuses mainly on OJ. And yeah. then it brings in more like Kiki's character, Emerald, and then Brandon um, Perea comes into play and like revolves around them. But, but even like our I, background, I, like Barbie uh, is just chilling, but even like the cinematographer, uh-huh. you know, all these yeah. other people who kind of come around. Yeah. Even the motorcyclist was a man. <laughs> Give me more women in this film. <laughs> Give me more women in this film. I mean, they showed one shot of like a portrait of their mom on the wall. And I was like, this isn't what I meant when I said I wanted another woman on screen. <laughs> you get like that random actress um, at the beginning. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was like a terrible. 
Um, the lady in the, the the girl in the wheelchair. I was like, ooh. That was kind of bone chilling when I saw her and you finally understand because you would see the trailer and you're like, oh, yeah. it's probably this. And you have your theories and then you're like, oh my God, that is so much worse. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So there are a lot of things in this film that I did find unsettling. So I think I'm going to stick to that word because I was scared, but also... I'm not the biggest horror fan. I've been getting into horror recently, mostly thanks to A24, because despite the fact that some of them can be scary, I saw Hereditary for the first time the other day, and I was laughing. It's a comedy. Oh. This scared me more. This scared me more than Hereditary. Josie said, "Wipe another kid's head off her body, please." Ooh. No. Nah, Hereditary is basically like elevated look into the decay of a Caucasian family. <laughs> and Josie said that's what I laugh at on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> this is more like an exploration on like, um, this is me trying to find the social commentary, like an exploration on how Hollywood takes advantage of like um, below the line workers. Yeah, that was very They true. don't appreciate them. Also, them people were so stupid. I'm sorry. Them people on that Hollywood set, which I know was the point, but I was like, you people. Mm-hmm. Uh, put Leave a comment. Does Do people know <laughs> or not know that you don't stand behind a damn horse? I thought that Literally, that was that's like... the first rule. That's like the most basic, common knowledge safety rule with a horse. Do people not know this? Like, I guess, that I don't know. I grew up with, like... I don't know. So leave it around. If you've not been around horses, <laughs> do you at least know to stay the hell away unless you want to get booted hard, possibly no, death? Things like you have to, you have to listen to the horse trainer. I mean, people have died on sets because of horses. You listen to them. So when that happened, I'm like, he was doing his job. Hush. Also, uh, fellow animal lovers, uh, be ready. That's what yes, I'll say here um, for the people that look out for vegan points in film, this film is not vegan friendly. <laughs> oh, it's not. I mean, it's not. <laughs> Let's be very clear. Um, it's not as. I'll say it's not gruesome. Mostly, no. There's one worse. scene in particular that was. I mean, I was yeah. shook. Uh, but otherwise, I was shaken. <laughs> otherwise, it's more of implied things happening rather than visually mm-hmm. seeing the like carnage <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why people course. get mad they just want to see maybe. it all i think i don't know see then i'm not I i've never been that person who wants to see it because oftentimes when movies show you what we're building towards that's when i'm like mm, okay i guess i like i like the build up yeah i think that's my favorite part of this film and maybe we can start closing after this that um it follows one of my favorite tropes in horror where it's that you don't show the monster until the end just to add more fear in the viewer. So yeah. I like that. Because that's how you know the person knows what they're doing. And Jordan Peele knows what he's doing. Exactly. Regardless of how you feel about this film, it's a good rise of tension. It's good with suspense. This Again, the sound design is just exquisite. Yes. Oh, God. I swear. Technically, this film really is fantastic. Like, even with all the other, you know, technically really great films we've seen so far this year, uh, especially when it comes to sound design, I don't think anything else touches it. 
Yeah. Any final thoughts? No, I think it's really good. I I tweeted it, and this is still kind of where I'm at. I absolutely love the first two acts of this film. Like, I was really sitting there as we were working through that third act thinking, could this be my favorite Jordan Peele film? Like, it was mm-hmm. that good for so long. The mm-hmm. end, uh, it goes a little bit too much for me personally, and that the final stretch of the third act uh, knocked it down just a touch, but I still think overall it is a really well done, very effective blockbuster horror film that delivers exactly what I personally wanted heading into the theater. It doesn't land it all perfectly, but it still executes everything well enough that I have a, I had a really good time and I'm actually excited to go back and re-experience this in a theater. Yeah. No, definitely. It's definitely an anxiety inducing film. Um don't watch the trailers because I do feel they sell something different just to not spoil the film. But what you get is so much better, in my opinion. Some people are saying the opposite, but we you have two recommendations here from us on Cinemania World. Yes. So definitely check it out. It is going to be in theaters this week. So by the time you're listening to this, hopefully, if you're listening to this, you better be listening to this. Subscribe to our podcast, <laughs> rate, review. Yes. Follow Cinemania World on all social media platforms. But yes, uh, film should be out. And yeah, we hope you like it. Uh, support Brandon Perea, our new crush on the podcast. <laughs> yes. Sponsored by Larry and Josie. Nope. <laughs> But yes, uh, quick before you go, I, I know I already made the outro, but the people need to know, did it crack your top 10? It did. It okay. is. Did it crack your top five? It did not, but it okay. is in my it top my top five. It is, it's my new favorite horror film of the year. I am still Heck categorizing yeah. it under horror. I don't care. No, it is. It's weird sci-fi, which counts as horror. So yes. Jordan Peele, the modern Lovecraftian. Take his name, drag it through the dirt, take his title. <laughs> Be the new king. <laughs> With that, I think we can close. <laughs> Let people know where to follow you, Larry. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at ChiliBoyYT and over on Instagram and on YouTube at ChiliBoyProductions. You can follow me at the Josie Marie on Twitter and Letterboxd. You can follow Film Posers at Film Posers practically everywhere. And I'm also on Film Talk. You can follow us on YouTube and on Twitter. And yes, just to make sure you follow Cinemania World, you can follow us and you can follow Cinemania World at Cinemania World on Twitter. You can also subscribe to the podcast. Please rate and review it. We deserve it. You deserve it. Have a good evening. Have a good morning whenever you're listening to this. Bye.